0: Going to go end up in Galatians 6, but I want to go first look at for some reason the Lord wants me to take you to a short passage in Galatians before we go to Romans 6. In Galatians chapter 5, The Lord. Somebody say, Praise the Lord. Praise amen, the Lord. Amen, amen. Once again, we, we uh thank God for our guest here today. Yes, amen. amen. Galatians five verse one says, Stand fast. Therefore, in the liberty, some of you says freedom, right? Wherewith Christ has made us free. Say free. Free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of what? And some of you says slavery. Slavery. Stand fast, stand firm. Amen. Amen. Therefore, in the liberty where Christ has made us free be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage or slavery. Praise the Lord. Father God, we thank you for your word today. Lord, as I speak for these next few minutes, Lord, that you would just speak through me. Holy Spirit, speak through me. Have your way. It's all about you, Lord. What you've given to me, Lord, as you spoke to me, Lord, as you talked to me, Lord God, let your word go forth to the ears of your children, Lord, and and those... uh, who don't know you, saved or unsaved, Lord, let the word pierce and penetrate the spirits and and let it have an effect in their lives, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, the chain breaker, amen. He can break every chain like the song says. There's power in the name of Jesus. Say power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say victory, victory. In, the in the name of Jesus. Why were there songs of old, even the new one today we sang about power? Yeah, there's power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Remember that? Amen. Those are songs that stand for all time. Amen. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb because all it took was one drop. He did and He completed His work on the cross. That's the liberty and where Christ has made us free. It's at Calvary where He destroyed the works of the enemy. He he spoiled and destroyed their whole operation. (laughs) Where men, we were bound by the power of sin. Think about that. We were bound by... um, That, and Jesus came and he died for us as our substitute. Thank you, Jesus. So that we can be saved, set free, delivered, healed. And everything we need, it comes by the way of the covenant relationship we have through Jesus. And our faith being placed in that. That's why Paul says, I preach Jesus and him crucified. Thank you, Lord. Because everything we need from God to live this life. See, it's one thing to be saved, but how do I walk for God? How do I live for God? In victory. How do I live for God? Not that you, it's not about, I didn't say be perfect. I never used the word perfect. Think about that. Because no one is perfect. We'll never arrive, right? But as long as we are living, and as long as we're breathing the breath of life that God gives us, we will always be a work in progress. God is still working on us. Amen. Say, so He's still working. Even though we can mature and become more Christ-like, more like Him, as we yield to Him, amen, as we surrender to Him, as I heard one preacher says, you will sin less. Amen. As you walk closer. Okay. Now, think about it. Not that we'll never sin again. Because 1 John one nine says that if we confess our, what? Amen. He is faithful and just to what? And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that scripture pertains to the born again believer. Because if you read on past that in 1 John chapter 1, it says if you said that you've never sinned, then you are a liar. Okay? And that's post-salvation. Okay? After being saved, which is being taught in some churches. I went to a church one time. And I preached on the message of the cross and how to walk in victory. And and I guess they were taught that once you become saved, you'll never offend no one again. You'll never sin again. You'll never have to, you know. You you'll never uh, get in the flesh no more. You you're, you've arrived to perfection. And so when I preached out of the scripture, you you should see them. I mean, it, Miles was just like, I mean. It's the Bible, right? But the scripture, that passage in 1 John 1, 9 is for us because the grace of God is there. His forgiveness is there when we need it. It's not a license to sin, but when we need it. Amen. And we'll get, we'll get there in Romans. I don't want to get ahead of myself. <laughs> but he said, Paul says, stand fast Therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage or slavery. See, the thing is, is that when Christ has paid so much for us to be free from our vices, the things that will try to uh, ensnare us, the things that will try to entangle us. Uh, One pastor said, he told me, he said before he became saved, he said that he always had a fighting spirit. Somebody look at him the wrong way. He said he's ready to fight. He said well, when God got a hold of his life. <laughs> and he said he would always hit. You know he would get into fights. And he would get a thrill out of knocking people out. Till one day they were threatening his life to come shoot him. Okay. But one day God got a hold of him. Praise God. And he got born again. And. He said when he gave his heart and his life to Jesus, God took that. But there were some other things he still wrestled and had to deal with. Amen. But he said as he learned to submit and surrender his life to God and keep his faith anchored in Jesus Christ, eventually those things would fall off. As he learned, to, as he was walking with God, the same faith I put in my Lord and Savior for salvation. Amen. I trust him. My faith is in Jesus, right? That's the same faith I maintain and I keep and I stay anchor on in Jesus for deliverance, for, for whatever it is, uh, uh, um, provision, protection. Amen? It, as Psalms 103 says, I will bless the Lord, all oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And as you read Psalms 103, it goes down and it lists from salvation on down. Because of the co- he's a covenant-keeping God. Say, covenant-keeping God. covenant-keeping God. He keeps covenant with his children. And that covenant was made at Calvary. Praise God. And because you are a child of God, he is obligated to be not only your Savior, but your deliverer, your provider, your protector. He'll give you favor when you, when you thought that you would never have an opportunity for something, he would open the door and make a way out of no way. And you can say, God, it's only but you who brought me here. When all the odds were stacked against me, you opened that door and made it come to pass. Praise God. And so he says, stand fast, stand firm in the liberty. When you feel like giving up and you're saying, I've just never overcome this area of my life. Father God, I do so well in this area. I, I." I Hey Lord, but I just can't shake this addiction. I just can't shake this bad attitude. Lord, I get so angry with this person, but I'm so calm with this person. Lord, God, I don't know why. Lord, help me. Don't give up. Because if you give, he says, listen, don't give up on God because he's not going to give up on you. But a lot of times, and you talk to some people and they say, oh, well, you know, I've tried living for God and I just, it seems like I just can't, you know, live for him because I keep messing up. Listen, our walk with God is based on our faith in him. We are saved by grace through faith. And if you truly have a made up mind to serve God, listen, at the cross, see, we are free. Praise God. We're free in him. He has delivered us. But just because you are not physically experiencing that in areas of your life doesn't mean that he didn't do what he said he did in his word. But until we see the physical manifestation of what he has accomplished for us, and I'm going to say that again, until we see the physical manifestation or experience with what he has already addressed in the supernatural, we keep walking with him. We keep holding his hand. See, we can't do nothing without him. And that's why every time our faith has to be like that of a child with a childlike faith. Lord, you said it and that settles it. So I'm going to trust you. You said I'm free over this addiction, over this bad attitude, over this gossip, over whatever it is. Not only sins of the flesh, but, but sins of the heart. Amen. Unforgiveness. Hatred, whatever it is. See, the thing is, is sometimes you want to be free, but you're carrying that burden for yourself. But you got to give it to God. And, and, the, and the thing is, is because it's human nature to try to overcome in our own strength. But God is saying, hey, you got to give it to me. You got to let me have that. You see? And when you're trying to do it, Holy Spirit is going to say, all right. Go for it, amen. Right, you're gonna keep bumping your head, and you're gonna find yourself in that ditch. It's like, Lord, I did it again. Lord, forgive me. I'll never do that again. God is like, (laughs) well, you did it again. And then you get down on yourself and you beat yourself up and you just and the reason why you feel see you think you feel condemned, but really the Holy Ghost convicts His children. See, condemnation comes from the devil because he wants to beat you down and make you feel so bad, right? And and rub it in your face. Ha, ha, I told you, right? And then after you messed up, and praise God, see, God desires that you don't mess up in front of unbelievers so it don't shame his name. But if so, praise God, God still will get the glory anyway, amen? But he convicts us So that when we get out of line, he gets us back in line. Amen. We get back in line. And he convicts us. He's convincing us that you were wrong. Now go apologize to that person. You were wrong. Lord, I shouldn't have listened to that. I should have turned it off when you said I should listen to that filthy trash talk show. You're right. Lord, I should have turned it off when it got to this line, this thing. Forgive me, Father. Right? God wants us to let Him have it. Amen. He wants us to let Him have it. He says, stand fast and stand firm in the liberty where Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again. So... He says, and be not entangled again. He's not talking to unbelievers, but he's talking to believers. Don't be entangled again with rudiments of the law. Don't be entangled again with the things that he once delivered and brought you out of. Don't jump back into the same mess that after he delivered you and pulled you out of that mess. Right, right. In other words, See, there's a difference between someone who's born again and they struggle in areas of their life, they want, but they want to be free versus someone who's not saved. The person who's not saved can care less about pleasing God. They love and enjoy that sinful lifestyle. They love and enjoy the things that are unrighteous. They love and enjoy and bask in like the pig who loves and wallows in the mud, right? He's like, rick, rick. you know, he's just, you know, he enjoys that, Right? And what like in the mud? You like that pig, oh, no way, yeah. Right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I should I should have did voiceology or something. You know, made money doing it. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, the pig enjoys wallowing in the mud, which represents we'll, we'll say the cesspool of sin. But we as sheep, we when we are we touch the mud, we You know, they make that bad noise. I won't do that one. (laughs) They really be looking at me crazy. (laughs) Because as sheep and children of God, we hate it when we fail God. We hate it when we let him down. There comes a conviction. Lord, forgive me. And then in some things, it's like, you know, hey. You know, you don't do it again. But see, the thing is, see, when you open that door again, after Jesus set you free and closed that door behind you, don't look back like Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife? Right. Right. Don't look back and return to the same thing that he's just delivered you and pulled you out of because he's trying to get you into the promised land, but you want to go back to Egypt. He's saying, hey, see, the spirit and the flesh is always going to war against each other, always. Until you go home to glory, the spirit and the flesh will be an ongoing battle. That's why Paul says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Meaning that as a child of God, I can still fulfill the lust of the flesh if I'm not what? And I'm walking in the Spirit. How? By putting my faith in Christ. See? Christ and Him crucified. I'm resting in the crucified, as that old hymn says. I'm resting in what Christ has done. Well, I don't feel saved today. I don't feel holy. Your walk with God is not based on how you feel. Because your feelings can change from moment to moment. But it's based on your faith. When you have a made-up heart and a made-up mind to serve God, though a righteous man fall what? Seven times? And it doesn't mean just seven, but... But... Seventy times seven, amen. We can say it that way. He still what? Gets up. I'm still. The devil may knock you down. You're fighting this battle, and the devil hits you with an uppercut. And you get back up. And you're still standing, not in your own strength, because you're going to stay down. But God is saying, Get up, son. Get up, daughter. And you go on to round 12. And and back then, uh, say Muhammad Ali, back then, they fought 14 round fights. Back then, 15 round fights. Uh Now they only go 12 for the most part. But God will be with you every step of the way, He will be with you even when the devil catches you with a dirty uppercut or jab. Get up! Because, see, the enemy is always trying to set bait. He's trying to tempt you with things to pull you away. To slip you up and to trip you up. To get you caught up. And see, the devil hates it when you are walking in victory. And and it's one thing as one pastor said, it's one of the most miserable feelings to have is to be born again. You're saved, you love the Lord, you're on your way to heaven, but there's some things that's just keeping you from living for God like you should or, or walking into victory. You know, sometimes it just may be a thing in your mind. Not so much that it's sin, but it's just in your mind and you're dealing with these thoughts and you're wrestling with these imaginations and you're wrestling with uh, maybe it can be hurt that you're wrestling with in pain and some things maybe because some have been abused and it's not sin, but it's just there's hurt and you got to give that to God too. Not that it's sin, it's just some pains and you, you've been carrying them for years and he's saying, why carry all that when I can carry it for you? See, why are we trying to do this when Jesus did all the heavy lifting at the cross? Why are we trying to do the heavy lifting? He said, let me have it. He's saying, give it to me. You have to have a made of mind and resolve in your heart. Father God, I'm going to give it to you. I don't understand why this happened in the past in my life. I don't understand why this is going on right now in my life, but I'm going to give it to you. I don't understand why we see things around us going on, but I'm going to give it to you. Why this person broke my heart. Why this person abused me. Verbally, physically, sexually, whatever. But I'm going to let you have it. Because he, Jesus Christ, is the only one who can set the captives free. Glory to God. He came to set them free and give them liberty. And set them at liberty that were bruised. Because there's so many people that are bruised and hurt today. They're in pain today. The suicide rates are up today. People are, are, are just um, losing hope today. But Jesus gives hope to the hopeless. He gives peace to those who have no peace. He gives strength to those who have no strength. Hallelujah. And it's the blood of Jesus that will set us free and keep us free. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whom the Son sets free. I couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. Only Jesus could do it. Buddha couldn't have done it. Muhammad couldn't have done it. Harry, Harry Krishna couldn't have done it. But Jesus done it. The tomb is still empty, hallelujah. And he sits on the right hand of God today, hallelujah. And he's forever making intercession for us. Because he came and he lived as a man, though he had no sin in him, praise God. He understood what we would have to go through in life, but yet he was still victorious and triumphant even until he breathed his last breath. And he said, it is finished, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so he says now that you can live for God in victory. And though there may be challenges ahead, you don't have to overcome and do it in your own strength and ability. For I will place my spirit in you and I will give you the ability to walk in the victory, the power and the authority. Stop trying to wrestle in your own strength. Stop trying to deal with this in your own ability, but let go and raise your hands and say, Father, I surrender to you. I surrender this area of my life to you. Lord God, I give it to you and I lay it down to you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, somebody said, but what if I, you know, I, and I proposed a good thought to them, but what if I got mad at my wife and I said, you're an idiot and, and she got mad at me and, and then I, before I could, we got in before I could apologize for getting in the flesh and fighting and belittling my spouse I go and I drive and I get hit by a car because I sinned against her. Right? I'm just using an example. Yeah. And and if that that person he says if he gets hit by a car before he can say, "Lord, forgive me," of course, they're still going to heaven. Amen. Because their faith is in Christ. They never once resolved in their hearts and said, "Lord, I'm gonna stop living for you." Did they? They had an issue with their loved one, but they never stopped serving the Lord because they got in the flesh for that moment. Right? Oh, that'd be a terrible thing. If <laughs> oh Lord, yeah. Oh, you you got in the flesh. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> But Psalms 103 says he shows mercy. And read Psalms 103 sometimes. He pities those who he loves. Yeah. He shows mercy. Praise God for that. Haven't you had to show mercy on your children? As a child, didn't your parents show mercy on you that time? Okay. And that's what God will do for his children. Amen. I know I needed mercy as a child. Sometimes I had, see back then, I had was in the switch days where I had switches waiting for me. <laughs> One time I took my bicycle uh, from my friend, and I went around the corner, and mom said, you're not to go off this block. You know, I'm six or eight, and I'm wanting to go around the corner, and I'm it's like a whole other world to me. I was just around the corner, but for someone who was six, and so my friend went and ran. He told uh, my mom. And when I got around the corner, and my grandmother lived right around, and we could actually just make steps where we could just hop over each other's fence and get there just like that. So when I got around the corner, I was told not to. Guess who was waiting at that corner? I, I saw somebody. I was so I made that, that ride getting up there real slow. I was going real slow just to get there. And once I got there, I just stopped just like this. She was standing right here. And, and, and I was right here, and I looked up. Oh, and she had that switch. <laughs> I was running home. She was just whooping me all the way home. <laughs> I'm a better man now. And I never gave her no more problems after that. But my brother, <laughs> oh, man. But we. But, but, you know, it made us better people, though. <laughs> You better not get a small one either, small, small. <laughs> Amen. But sometimes God has to discipline us. Amen. And He has to correct us. He chastised those who He loves. Amen. He does. He, he chastised those who He loved. Uh, Romans, real quick. Thank God for His correction. Amen. We've got five more minutes. Romans, um, let's look at six real quick. And I told my mom, Do you remember? She said, Oh, I don't remember that, son. I remember. (laughs) I will never forget that one. Uh Romans six. Verse 1 says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And the answer, what do you say? Amen. Certainly not. Or God forbid. Verse 2. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in the newness of life. Amen. So in the mind of God, we, uh, we were uh, <clears throat> he saw us with all of our sins nailed to the cross. Amen. 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 We, are, we, are, we are dead to sin. We are to reckon ourselves, later on as we're going to read down here, reckon ourselves or account ourselves to be dead to sin, but alive unto God through Christ Jesus. So the old me is dead. That, that sin nature, uh, we are born into sin. Amen. Now when this is talking about sin right here, it's talking about the definite article, the sin nature. Right? Just like you don't have to teach a child to uh, throw a fit or a temper tantrum. They know how to do that automatically. <laughs> that indwelling sin nature. Like our, our God's son. One time it says time to lay down and go to bed. And he got mad. He said, and he was only one and he shook his fist. He's like I was like, Whoa, where did that attitude and that, that anger come from? That <laughs> reminded me of uh Jayvon when he was a baby, he would get mad and you know, he would do the same thing, but it's that indwelling sin nature. Amen. Amen. So it says Know you not that as so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death? Now, the, now the word baptized in the Bible can, also, can be used literally and figuratively, but this refers to us being supernaturally placed or baptized, placed into the body of Christ. Okay? Right? Baptized into his death. See? So we identify with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. We are in him. Amen? Praise God. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For See, and here's why. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, see, that's why the scripture says, I am crucified with. Christ. Nevertheless, it's not I that live, but it's who? Christ Christ that lives in me. And the life that I live is what? Not my own. See, I have been crucified with Christ. I am dead. I have risen. Amen. With Him. With Him. That's why I have to walk in the newness of life. Knowing this, that our old man, verse 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. Thank you, Jesus. That henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. When a person is physically dead, then they're free from all their financial obligations, right? When you're free, when you're dead to sin, you're alive to in God, through Christ Jesus, to, to be all that he's called you and wants you to be. So so what that sin nature now, it's like uh, a fan or anything that's plugged in. It, it has no power if it's not plugged into a power source. So that sin nature, in essence, it's not that it goes away, but it becomes deactivated or dormant, right? Because now we're living by faith. But if we're not living by faith in Christ and him crucified as children of God, that that we are now living by, if you're not living by faith in Christ and him crucified, then you're living by law. In other words, rules and regiments that you we devise, right, to overcome. Because we are living either under the law or we're living under grace and truth, which it comes by faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. We can't have it the same way. And that's why Paul dealt with them all through Galatians. And he was about that. He said, you can't live under grace and truth. You can't live by that and live by law at the same time. All through Galatians, he dealt with that. Amen. Verse 8 says, now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. okay For he that, for in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Thank God he don't have to keep going to the cross every year for us. But what he did was once and for all time. He was a perfect sacrifice. Praise the Lord. Verse 11 says this, Reckon, and some of you says account, right? Does it say it different than the other? says, likewise, reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Don't allow it. That you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. Amen. 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 The grace that comes through Jesus Christ as our faith is placed in him. Yes. That's the grace he gives us, the enabling grace, the empowering grace, praise God, to live for him each and every day. Each and every day. Yes. His grace that he gives us to wake up every day, to live for him victoriously. Because here's the thing it says, yield not your member yield not your your members as instruments of unrighteousness uh, unto sin, okay? For example, my mouth, the things I can say, right? I can use it for good or I can use it for, right? As a Christian, yield not your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. That's just an example, amen? Amen. We have to be careful (laughs) with what we say, with what we do. Even what we allow in our heart. praise God. Yeah. Last verse right here. Know you, verse sixteen. Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey His servants, you are to whom you obey. Think about that one. Whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. But God, being thanked that we the servants, but God being thanked, that ye were the servants of sin, past him. But you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. Being then made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. Amen. Being made free. He has made you free. So he says, don't, don't go back and become a slave when I just gave you freedom. Don't go back to slavery when I just paid the price for you to be free. Don't go back to the, to the, um, the what's that uh, stuff the pigs like to eat? Slop. <laughs> Don't go back to the slop, or as the scripture says, a dog that returns to its vomit. Don't go back to that mess when he's paid the price and, and, and gave it all. He gave his best so that we can be free from the power of sin. See, the power of sin. Because there is a power behind that, the power of sin that it would be broken over our lives. If you give the devil an inch, he'll take a, a mile, right? Or a foot, right? Or uh, the ruler that you hold, you know, in school back then. Said you give the devil an inch, he'll become a ruler, a ruler over you, right? Yeah, yeah. He'll he'll rule over you, right? And see, the thing is, we can't, if, if if you don't invite the devil to ride in a car with you, because eventually he's going to take over and take the wheel. Amen. That's right. Hallelujah. Amen. Give no place to the devil. Amen. And so right now, we just want to pray. Amen. We want to pray. Father God, right now, we just pray. Father, Lord, We, we you know us. You know our hearts. You know that we love you. But Lord, we just lay everything down, Lord, to you right now. We just lay it down to you and give it to you, Lord God, because only you can. You've addressed everything we're dealing with. It doesn't take you by surprise. You've addressed it at the cross. You've addressed it at Calvary, and you said it is finished. So that's why our faith must be maintained and anchored in you. Hallelujah. That's why we have to rest in you. We shouldn't have to panic and and then rate and grade our lives to see how well we're performing. See, it's not about what we do that pleases you. It's faith that pleases you. That's why it's faith that pleases God. For he that cometh to him must believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. It's about where is your faith? Is it anchored in the cross? Are you trusting in him? Are you resting in him? Or are you resting in your own ability? Are you resting in mind over matter, psychology, and the rudeness of this world? Or are you resting in what Jesus has done? Hallelujah. So Father God, right now, we give it to you. We give it to you, Lord. In Jesus' name.